This year, I am focused on saving and investing, but I still want to do things like travel. NerdWallet lets you compare top travel credit cards side-by-side to maximize your spending, some even offering 10 times points on your spending, which means you could end up with a free flight or maybe a better hotel room. So what could future you do with smarter financial decisions? Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Eating processed food for every meal isn't healthy for people or for dogs. We all know that. And kibble is subject to multiple rounds of high heat processing, making it an ultra processed food. The farmer's dog is real, fresh, healthy food with whole meat and veggies gently cooked in human-grade kitchens to preserve their nutritional value. My dog, Barnaby, loves the farmer's dogs. When he sees me pulling one of those packets out, he comes running. It's personalized, vet-developed, and it has recipes for as little as $2 a day. Meals arrive in pre-portion, ready-to-serve packs, and they're conveniently delivered on whatever schedule works for me. Get 50% off your first box of fresh, healthy food at thefarmersdog.com slash happier. That's 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash happier. Hello and welcome to Happier, a podcast about taking happiness from the abstract to the concrete. This week, we'll talk about a way to make 2019 a happier year and a hack for making it easier to follow complicated instructions. I'm Gretchen Rubin, a writer who studies happiness, good habits, and human nature. I'm in New York City, and with me is my sister, Elizabeth Kraft. And Elizabeth, you are not with me to see it, but we are in our new location. That's me, Elizabeth Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in L.A. And yeah, Gretch, you're at Cadence 13 with Bob. Yes. Hey, say hi, Bob, our new producer. Hello, everyone. Good to talk to you. Good to meet everyone and have me part of the show. It's going to be exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're so excited to be here. Welcome. And just for people to be able to picture it, we were in downtown Brooklyn, but now we are in the heart of midtown Manhattan. So if you picture an area that's between Grand Central Station, the Empire State Building, the New York Public Library and the Morgan Library. That is where we are. Um, it's a great neighborhood. And the funny thing about this studio, or what's different for me, is that Bob is actually in the room with me. Uh, Cameron, mm, Odelia, Kristen, and Henry were all in their own booth. But here, Bob and I are really like, we're in the same room, we're face to face. So you can pipe in anytime he, mm-hmm. <laughs> he wants to bust in. Um, so we're just thrilled to be here at Cadence 13. It's super fun. It's a great team. And uh, it's an exciting new start for us, Lisa. Yes, it is. Many good things to come. Now, um, we are also getting ready to celebrate our 200th episode. I'll just, can you believe it's we're coming up on 200? Uh, oh, my God. I can't. 200. And we haven't missed one, Gretch. I have to point out, you and I have not missed a week of podcasting. Yes, I think we have to give ourselves a giant gold star for that. I'm very vain we're, about that. We're I, proud. I, we're I very just, proud. I have to say, I mention that often to people. We have not missed one week. But so for our 200th episode, we want to celebrate by doing a special episode, Ask Us Anything episode. So you can ask us anything, big or small, personal or professional. We want to know what you want to know. Yeah, and then Gretchen, we also wanted to mention happy birthday, Dad. Today is our dad's birthday. Yes, happy birthday. 
Now, Elizabeth, this week our Try This at Home tip is to plan to read more in 2019. Yeah, and Gretchen, in upcoming episodes, we're going to talk a lot about 2019 and how to make 2019 an even better year than 2018. And um, this is for starters, we're going to talk about how to read more because that's something we hear from people all the time that they want to read more. And I want to read more. You read a lot. But I want to read more. So um, I'm excited to strategize about how to do that. Yeah. And like so many things, just thinking about in advance and sort of setting yourself up really can make a difference. I read a lot, but I want to read more too. I mean, there's just never enough time to read. Now, one thing that a lot of people find to be very useful is to set a numerical challenge, like actually put a number Mm. on it. You know, you manage what you monitor. And a lot of people do this through the Goodreads site and because they have a challenge that's very easy to do. And Alyssa, I think you did the Goodreads challenge last year, didn't you? Well, I signed up and I think I said like 50 books, which <laughs> I didn't even read anywhere in the realm. Uh, I think of 50 you said books. 75, if I remember oh, correctly. Oh, did I? Oh, well, that's <laughs> really madness. Um, I was thinking, what's the most I would dare? I thought 50. Well, 75. Yeah. But I didn't even do a Gretsch. Um, I just, I lost my way on the reading. So maybe I need to, well, have a smaller goal for one. Well, I mean, you had an unexpectedly intense and distracting year, but do you think it helped to kind of set a goal? Do you think it was useful? Uh, Yeah, I think it's always useful to set a goal because it just reminds you that you want to do it. um, And then you have a satisfaction of ticking off the number. Yeah. But I think I need to have it like on paper where I can see it because Mm -hmm. I am distracted. I need to like have a visual reminder. Right, right. Well, it's very easy on Goodreads. I think for people who like to use that, if you just sign in on the left column, it's like the 2019 reading challenge and you can enter a number and you can change your goal if you want to. Like you might have said, hey, why don't I change this to 20 or maybe Ah. change this to 10 as the year went on. But that would have been smart. Yeah. And here's the thing that's interesting. I have I was at an event, a, a Goodreads event. And I met the guy who started it, Otis Chandler. And so I was asking him about this. And he said that in his observation, people tend to do 80% of what they aspire to do. So I don't know if that Mm. means recognize that you're likely to only get to 80% or if it means like lower your number to 80% and you'll be more likely to complete it. I don't know. I guess like, what do you want to aim high and fall short or do you want to aim lower and make sure you hit it? I guess you just have to know yourself. But I thought that was an interesting fact about how people tend to do with the challenge. Yeah, although my guess is if you lower your number, then aren't you just going to reach 80% of that? Well, that's that's according to his theory. Yeah, well, I think that's always an issue too. So again, know yourself and how you do with numerical targets. (laughs) Like (laughs) if you like to um, go bigger or or go more manageable. Now, another thing that he recommended, and Elizabeth, I think this might have been really good for you, is to like make Mm. a list or even have a stack, you know, like have them ready. Mm. Because sometimes when you don't know what to read, that can kind of slow you down. Whereas if you know exactly what you want to read or even have it like sitting there on your bedside or like loaded up in your e-reader, it can make it easier to go quickly from one to the next. What do you think? That is a great idea. I feel like I buy books. I have books and they're in various spots (laughs) on the book, various bookshelves. And I don't have like a consolidated pile um, of books I'm excited to read. I think a lot of it is it has to be something you're excited to read. Yes. So that's, that's key for me. So I need to do that. I need to, okay, over my holiday break, I am going to get like 
a shelf that is just for the books that I want to read Ooh, now. Great idea. Maybe a combination of fiction and nonfiction, although mostly I read fiction. I like to listen to nonfiction. That's my thing. I like to read fiction. I like to listen to nonfiction. Well, in audiobooks, we should say, I think it used to be that people didn't count them as like reading a book, and now they do. Absolutely. Uh, that's another way you could reach your, your if you set yourself a goal, um, yes. is to add, you know, audiobooks to the mix. Um, and I think it is good to have a mix. Like, I try to have a mix between, like, children's literature, which I love, and adult, and fiction and nonfiction. And then within nonfiction, like, sometimes I feel like a memoir. Sometimes I feel like science. Sometimes I feel like, you know, sometimes I want something that's more challenging. Sometimes I want something that's super accessible. Um, I think it's good to have a lot of things in the mix so you can kind of pick for whatever kind of mood you're in. I have a question for you because I know one of your big things is don't finish a book if you don't like it, which I think is crucial and is like an epiphany um, that that is life changing. But my question is, how much of a book do you have to read in order to count it on your list? Oh, well, I think you have to read the whole thing to count it on your list. Okay, so if you read half a book, it doesn't count. I don't think so. Okay. Okay. Uh, but I think you can skim and skip to get to the end. If there are parts where you're uh, like, I don't need to read this, but if you just like are, like, but you have to look at the pages. You can't. You can't. Okay. Yeah. No, but it was. It's been life changing for me to quit books before I finish them. And it, it's funny because if you know, every week I post on Facebook the books that I've read that week, and um, yeah. what people should know is. If I don't like a book, I don't post it there because I don't finish it. And so if I if mm. it's in the list, if it's in that picture, it shows that I liked it well enough to finish it. And I have a post on 13 tips for getting more reading done. I'll put the link in the show mm. notes for people who want more ideas about getting reading done. Yeah, and I have to say one reason I think that is so important, your tip about, you know, don't finish a book you don't like, is that I know for me when I'm reading a book I don't like – what happens is I just don't read. Yes. And yes, so I yes, cannot read yes. for three weeks yes. because I just don't want to read that book. And if I just set it aside and said, you know what, it's not happening, yeah. I could start the next book. Yes. And so even though I know that you say to do this, I still feel that guilt yeah. and that nagging sensation of not wanting to put a book aside. And what I end up doing is sort of just waiting long enough where I've forgotten I was reading it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes, and it's like, oh, it fades from my memory. You lose it like, in the house. Oh, yes. <laughs> what, what was that? Yeah, I lose it in the house. So I really want to encourage everyone, myself included, to embrace this, um, embrace the not finishing a book you don't like so that it doesn't keep you from reading the next book yeah. that you might love. Yeah, absolutely. And Elizabeth, because we know that so many listeners love to read as much as we do and want to read more, we are going to have a book club here on the podcast. We are figuring this out. This is part of what we're going to do in 2019, but I'm so excited to like really go deep on specific books here with our listeners. I know. This is going to be so fun, Gretchen. I can't believe it took us 200 episodes yeah. to decide to have our happier book club. Well, like, by the way, it was mom's obviously. idea. <laughs> oh, of course it was. Mom has all the best ideas. Yes, yes. So we're very excited about doing that. If you have ideas for books that you think we should discuss on the book club, send them. We have ideas of our own, but we would love further ideas. Um, and also, speaking of Goodreads, I am having a lot of fun with this site. It is really a great place if you are a true book lover um, to connect with other book lovers. And if you follow me there, you can see my reviews and the books I've read. And here's one thing is you will see that I sometimes give reviews for books when I really have something to say. And usually I don't give stars to books. And that's because mm. as a writer, 
I would only want to give five stars. But as a reader, mm. I recognize the difference between one and five stars. And so I just can't bear to choose. So I just, mm. I just don't do it. But again, okay. I, if, I, if I say that I finished a book, I liked it enough to finish it. So, so check me out there. Um, I, I would love to connect with people there. And add Outer Order Intercom to your want to read shelf while you're there if you want. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So let us know if you do try this at home and what you've done to plan to do more reading in 2019. Let us know on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Drop us an email at podcast at GretchenRubin.com. Or as always, you can go to the show notes for this episode. This is happiercast.com slash 197 for everything related to this episode. Coming up, a technology happiness hack. But first, this break. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe without spending a fortune, and luckily I found Quince. Elizabeth, I got the Flow Knit Wide Leg Pant. It's very light. It's perfect for the summer. It packs very easily. I recently went on a trip with my family, and I took it with me, and they were just the thing to wear on a really hot day where I wanted to be covered up, but I wanted something that looked great and also was very comfortable. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to Quince.com slash Gretchen for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Gretchen to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash Gretchen. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and free. And, you know, Elizabeth, I now work with a team and hiring the right people is so important. It's maybe the most important thing. And LinkedIn makes the process of identifying and hiring people easy and intuitive. I know that when I've been hiring for my team, it's hard to find quality candidates to interview. And LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Gretchen. That's linkedin.com slash Gretchen to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Now, Elizabeth, a lot of our happiness hacks are about how to use technology to make life happier. There is so much new technology out there. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we don't even realize all the clever ways we could use it to make our lives happier, healthier, more productive, or more creative. Yeah, and this hack came from Nancy, she said. My sister came up with the best hack if you need to hand off care of a family member with many instructions to be followed. Make short videos and email them to all the involved parties. My mom had to have back surgery and will need help with care for about a week. My two sisters and I are splitting the days of care, but couldn't all be at the hospital when she was given instructions from the physical therapist and doctor. 
My brilliant sister thought to take short videos using her phone of mom's sessions with the physical therapist showing how she should be moving and with the doctor talking about wound care. Then my sister posted these videos to YouTube privately and sent the links to us so we could watch them as many times as needed. Now we all can see exactly what and how our mother should be moving and how she's taking care of her incision without any translation errors. I leave today to be with her for the rest of the week and am so much more confident that I can help her heal thanks to my sister's thoughtfulness. What a great idea. Well, absolutely. And Nancy's talking about it in terms of medical care. And you can see exactly why it would be useful for in this kind of situation. But really, anytime yes. you're giving complicated directions, or especially if there's some kind of visual aspect to it where you have to show something, I mean, I just never think of this. No, I mean, and seeing like the person involved doing it, like seeing her mother actually yes. doing yeah. the exercises with the physical therapist is so much more helpful than sort of seeing a diagram yeah. or, you know, seeing something <laughs> yeah. removed. It's like, you're like, okay, this is what this actual person is actually doing. Yeah. Now I have to say, I've sometimes been on the recipient end of this because um, like sometimes when there's like a tech thing that I need to do and the people that I'm working with are sort of like, huh, I think Gretchen will find this to be quite challenging. They will make me a little video explaining it, or, or often it'll be kind of like a video of what's happening on a, on a computer and the cursor will be actually moving to the different places as they explain mm -hmm. it, so that then I can just imitate it rather than having to just process it and turn it into action. Because a lot of times it is so much easier when you see it as an example, and you're right, the closer it is to your actual experience, the easier it is to, to follow. Gretch, this is making me think we have some technology, uh, you know, components to our podcast. I'm yeah. thinking I should have Mary, my <laughs> assistant, make a video of herself doing it, what I need to do so that when I forget, because I, I often forget, I can just look at, I can have that on my phone, yeah. look at it and know how to do what I need to do. Yeah. So I'm going to use this hack and Mary will be happy because then she doesn't need to keep doing it. Yes, yes. So Nancy, thank you so much. This is a great example how there's something that's just like, we. it's not hard to do, but it has to occur to you that this is a tool that you can employ in a particular situation where sometimes if somebody doesn't point it out to you, you just don't realize that it's an option that's well within reach. Yeah, so we are going to try this one ourselves. Alyssa, speaking of like getting things done, um, our Know Yourself Better is related to this. Um, and the question to ask yourself to know yourself better is, are you avoidant? Now, mm. I became interested in this word because I heard someone describe her boss as avoidant. And when I heard that, I thought, oh, my gosh, I do not want to work with somebody who would be avoidant. For someone who avoids making tough decisions or having tough, difficult conversations, it is so frustrating. Mm, yes. Now, is avoidant, I, I know what it means just by hearing it. You can sort of go, oh, I know exactly what that means. Yeah. But is this an actual term of psychology? Okay, well, here's the thing, is that it, it is, but we are not actually using it in that way. Important tip. So, Because in psychology, the avoidant personality disorder is characterized by feelings of extreme social inhibition, inadequacy, and sensitivity to negative criticism and rejection. It's beyond mm. just being shy or awkward. You know, it's people where it's really difficult to have relationships. So really, Elizabeth, we should probably come up with a different term like, are you an avoider? Mm. Somehow that just doesn't sound as good. Yeah, avoidant just sounds yeah. so, um, <laughs> it sounds very clinical. 
Yeah, but you could picture exactly. It's just like somebody like heading toward a problem and then veering off to the left or to the right and being like, okay, I'm just not going to do that. Yeah, but we mean it more in the avoidance coping sense where a person just avoids dealing with something stressful, tries to escape, tries to protect themselves by refusing to deal with something. I mean, we all know people like this. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, and sometimes it's ourselves. I mean, this is something, this is a pattern of behavior. Now, and I think it is really, really helpful to know if people sort of are inclined to do this or if it's yourself who's inclined to do it. I remember when I was in uh, law school, so I was editor-in-chief of the Law Journal, which meant I was like sort of involved with everything that was going on in kind of, in, in some kind of way on the Yale Law Journal. And there was an experience where somebody was the editor of a piece, and we knew that the person, the writer of the piece, the professor, was very, very difficult. And mm. so we said to the editor, like, are you gonna, is this going to be okay? And he's like, yeah, I'll deal with it. And then as time went on and we got closer to publication, it was like, how's it going? Is he, is he being difficult? And the editor was like, it's fine, it's fine. And then at the very, 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 very last minute, I was like, okay, what's going, like, are, we're ready now to move forward with this. And he's like, actually... No, he refused to do anything and like mm. wouldn't communicate with me. And it's just like, it just didn't move forward at all. So this was somebody who like wow. literally had just refused to deal with it. And I think he was just so overwhelmed with just the, the in- intense unpleasantness of it. He just couldn't make himself deal with it. He couldn't even make himself tell us that he wasn't able wow. to deal with it. it and, and so, and it was to the point where I couldn't even, you couldn't even be angry. It was just like, oh, okay, uh, you know, what do we do now? Is this this yeah. whole but to me, that was really an example of how it's meant to be protective, but in the end, it, it just makes everything so much worse. But for the person who's doing it, it's like they can't, even if they know that intellectually, it's like very hard to work through that. Yeah, and I think it's a lot of times people who don't like conflict, right? So they want to avoid a difficult conversation, I think is a big part of it, like this guy on the Law Journal. Um, but it's also decision-making, right? I mean, it's avoiding decision-making, like scheduling. I find I'm avoidant in some areas, but not others. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm definitely avoidant in scheduling, buying plane (laughs) tickets, as we've discussed. Oh, plane tickets, the worst. Yes. But there are other areas where if I know I have to do something, I want to do it right away. So that's, like, if I know that I have, like, say I knew I had to have a shot. I mean, I would want to get that shot immediately. Ah. I would want to get it out of the way. Ah, right. Um, I think if it's like, I don't know, there's just certain things that if it's going to be so psychically draining, I just want to get it done. Right. Well, I think that's a good point when, if you're trying to know yourself better, is like, are you this way in some areas and not others so that you can really watch out for it when it creeps up on you? And I think sometimes you learn, because of like a really negative experience, how this can really make things worse over the long term. Like I remember my daughter Eliza, um, when she was in sixth grade, there's this thing called like the electricity project. And it's much better now than it used to be, but at the time it was kind of like this notorious thing. And she just... I think she was so overwhelmed, like, didn't know where to start. So she just put it off, put it off, put it off until it was, like, you know, the weekend before. And she mm. showed me this list of, like, bizarre electricity parts. Oh. She's like, oh, I need this. I'm like, what, you know, where, what are you talking about? And But on the other hand, I think she learned an important lesson. It's like a stumble mm. may prevent a fall. And I think having an experience like that early taught her, okay, avoiding can feel good in the short term. But in the end, mm-hmm. you... You, you've really dug yourself into a hole. But I think you're right. It's, it's, it's not wanting to have to move forward. It's fear. It's anxiety. It's wanting to just preserve, protect yourself from something like that, from bad feelings. 
Yeah, we always say, and I forget, I know this is a, it's a famous quote, and I forget who first said it, but um, one of our writers um, on The Fix always says, action is yeah. the antidote to anxiety. Yeah. And it really is true, even though it doesn't feel like that. Well, and I, I mean, in, in terms of like, how do you counteract it? If you feel yourself going into avoidance mode, I think that's exactly right. Mm -hmm. Remind yourself, I'm just going to feel a lot better once I take action. I will actually feel better once I start. Um, you know, it's the classic thing of like, just make the first step, like whether that's starting small, making a list, ask for help. Because I think, but you have to recognize the pattern. And that is sometimes yes. the tricky thing is like you're avoiding even recognizing that you're avoiding it because you just want to turn Absolutely. your attention. So I think that's why this is a good question to ask yourself better because when you recognize that you or someone else is going into this mode, then you can try to intervene to correct it before you're so far off course. Yes. Um, and I'm going to try to work on my, my avoidance scheduling behavior. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. Well, schedule, scheduling is so annoying. And another thing you can do if you're, if you want to counteract it is if you feel like you're, you're struggling with this, I think sometimes you can do something that gives you a respite. Maybe it's not avoiding, but it's something like going for a run or meditating or playing with your dog for a few minutes or reading and say to yourself, I'm going to do this. I'm going to gather my energy. I'm going to get myself mm. kind of re recharged. And then I'm going to do that first step or, or, or make that list or whatever. You might need to kind of give yourself a little bit of a boost because whatever it is that you're trying to avoid is probably taxing you. But yeah. so don't see that as, oh, avoiding or procrastinating, but like, this is my charge up. I'm getting myself ready. And when I'm done with this little interlude, then I'm going to turn my attention to what needs to get done. Yeah. And just one reminder, um, and we've discussed this before, but doing it is probably less painful yes. than avoiding it. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yes, do it. And now, Elizabeth, it's time for the listener question. As always, you can leave us a voicemail question at 774-277-9336, which is also 77-HAPPY-336, or you can send us an email or a voice memo to podcast at GretchenRubin.com. And this week's question comes from Anna. She says, right when you enter my apartment, there's a table with a bowl on it. This is the key bowl, which I bought specifically so my husband and I would stop the annoying habit of misplacing our house or car keys. The bowl is especially important since we share one car key. Even though the bowl couldn't be in a more convenient location, my husband consistently plops his keys or the car key down in random other <laughs> spots around the apartment. The other day, the car key wasn't in the bowl and my husband was out of town slash unreachable. It took me 15 minutes of looking to locate the key under his socks <laughs> on the top of the desk in the guest room. My reminders to him haven't been working and I'm not sure what to do to make the key bowl a habit of his. I think this might be a rebel thing. So that is a very frustrating situation. Yes. So first thing is if he is a rebel in the four tendencies framework, if he is a rebel, this is absolutely annoying him. And the, the more you remind him and nudge him mm. and suggest or leave a note, the more he's going to resist. So you mm -hmm. could actually be contributing to the fact that he's not using the keyboard by trying to remind him to use the keyboard because every time uh. you, you do that, he resists. But here's the thing. It's easier to change circumstances than to change people. It's easier to do something yourself than to try to change someone else. So my question is, can Anna get a second car key made? And it's like, my car key mm. is in the bowl and it's marked my car key. You can't take my car key. And if you want to leave your car key all over the house, you can. 
But by the way, I'm not going to help you look for your car key if you misplace it because right. information consequences choice. That's what works for a rebel. Because I think he will soon see it's a lot easier to put it in the bowl than to look over the house, especially if my sweetheart is not helping me to look if I can't find it. Yeah. Now, I will say, I think it can be a little expensive to get a car key made, depending on the kind of car key. Oh, I because feel like, you know, every year car keys get more <laughs> complicated, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, so if that's not a possibility for whatever reason, she could also just say, okay, whenever I can't find the car key, I'm just going to Uber Ooh. And maybe seeing the consequences oh. ah. and seeing her having to Uber around would shame him into putting the car key where it belongs. Well, I don't think it's so much shame. It's probably like, we don't want to spend our money this way. Like, it's well, too much yes. money. You know, we've got a car. Yes. Why are you Ubering yes. when we yes. could, you could take a car? But yeah, I think the thing is, is if your answer to a problem is this person has to change... You can wait a long time for that person to change. Whereas if you're yeah. like, how can I change circumstances so that they don't have to change? Then that's always, that's always easier. And again, this is the, the, the thing about how do you spend your money? To me, this is a big conflict in a, in a couple. Mm -hmm. And if you can possibly throw money at something like that, that's just going to remove yes. a source of conflict. That's a good way to use money. Of course, at a certain point, you're like, this is ridiculous. We can't afford it. It's not an absolute necessity, but it is something where I think it probably would be worth a fair amount because you're like, how much would we yes. pay for couples therapy? <laughs> right, right, exactly. It's cheaper yeah. than that. <laughs> <laughs> well, if anybody has any other suggestions um, for Anna, because this sounds like the kind of thing, keyball is like surprisingly uh, difficult for people to agree on. So um, if you have any clever solutions, uh, let us know and we will uh, highlight them. Coming up, I've got a gold star for a very deserving group of people. But first, this break. Gretch, I love eating sandwiches like a grilled cheese or a peanut butter <laughs> sandwich is my ideal lunch. But I'm very aware of my carb intake, so oftentimes I avoid sandwiches. Luckily, Hero Bread has remade carby, empty-calorie bread products into fluffy, delicious versions that include no-net carbs, zero grams of sugar, and fewer calories. Plus, it has protein and fiber. I have been using it to make grilled cheeses, and I use their tortillas to make a cheese quesadilla, and I am in heaven. Hero Bread tastes great, has a terrific texture, and helps you meet your nutrition goals. Don't give up being a breadhead. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use happier at checkout. That's happier at H-E-R-O dot C-O. This message is sponsored by Greenlight. As your kids get older, some things about parenting get easier. They can dress themselves. They can clean up after themselves, allegedly. Other things don't, like having conversations about money. The fact is, kids won't really know how to manage their money unless they're actually in charge of it. That's where Greenlight can help. Greenlight is a debit card and money app made for families. Parents can send money to their kids and keep an eye on their kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens build money confidence and lifelong financial literacy skills. Yeah, Jack has green light. And one thing I love is that it includes a chores feature where you can set up one time or recurring chores and reward kids with allowance for a job well done. 
Gretchen, we used to mow the lawn. How much more motivated would we have been if we'd had funds deposited when we completed the hut chore? Mm -hmm. Sign up for Greenlight today and get your first month free when you go to greenlight.com slash happier. That's greenlight.com slash happier to try Greenlight for free. Greenlight.com slash happier. Okay, Gretchen, it is time for demerits and gold stars, and you're up with a happiness demerit. So listen, this is a demerit that worked exactly the way demerits are supposed to work. Because, you know, we always say, like, the reason to give yourself a demerit is so that you're inspired to do things better the next time. Mm -hmm. And you, like, learn from your mistakes. Okay. So my demerit was, okay, speaking of Goodreads, I wanted to do this very cool thing where you can go into, if you're an author, you can go into a book and you can write notes on your book to kind of, like, give people sort of behind-the-scenes information or, like, Mm -hmm. reflect on it. And so... For the Happiness Project 10th Anniversary Edition, I thought, oh, this would be super fun. And I got all this information about how to do it. And I did that thing, which I sometimes do, where, like, I learn, I figure it out. I'm, like, like doing, doing, doing to figure out exactly what I need to do, which is not easy for me because I'm not that technological. And then instead of following through, I, like go off and do something else. And so then I have to reteach myself the whole process. Mm. And then I'm like, oh, it's like, seems so burdensome to do it again. And so I was going to give myself a demerit for having done that, getting all the way through the, the learning process, not doing it, and then abandoning it. But I was so annoyed by myself for having earned this demerit that I was like, I'm like the minute I was like, I'm going to sit down and do this right now. And I did. So now I did do it. So it's a demerit Yay. that I got to, I got to, I got to erase the demerit. Um, I did do the Goodreads annotations for the Happiness Project. Um, so that was, so, okay, that worked for me. Uh, Good for you. And meanwhile, now everyone can go look at your annotations, which I'm sure is super interesting. It's really, it was really, really fun to do because there's all these sort of asides that you want to make. Yeah. Yeah. So it was really, it was a really, really fun process. Um, Oh, cool. So Elizabeth, and what's your gold star for this deserving group of people? Uh, I'm giving a gold star, Gretchen, to the firefighters Uh, in California. Um, And I've given this gold star before because unfortunately we've um, every year seem to have horrible fires. Yeah. And not just California firefighters, but, you know, firefighters have come from other states to yeah. help us as well. You know, we had really tragic fires this time, both in Southern and Northern California. Yeah. Um, lost a lot of houses, a lot of people died, but it could have been so much worse. Yeah. Yeah. It could it could have been so much worse and people really just they just fought and fought and fought and um there were also a lot of animals in danger yeah. tons of horses because a lot of the fire was in horse country mm-hmm. so um also big gold stars to all the people who yeah. took the horses um to safety and all the other animals uh, as well. Yeah. Yeah. No, so deserved. I mean, it's so, those fires, so scary. And it was, you know, extraordinary to see how hard people were working to try to save lives and save homes and save animals. Yeah, so thank you to everyone who helped um, and continues to help um, with the fires in um, California and, of course, everywhere else, too. And that is it for this episode of Happier. Remember to try this at home. If you want to read more in 2019, start to make your plan. Let us know if this is something that you plan to do. Thank you to our new producer, Bob Tabador. Yay! Also, thanks hey, to hey, everyone. Welcome, Bob. It's a pleasure and an honor. Welcome, Bob. <laughs> Thanks also to everyone at Cadence 13. We're very happy to be here. Get in touch. Gretchen's on Twitter at Gretchen Rubin, and I'm at Elizabeth Craft. Our email address is podcast at GretchenRubin.com. 
And you know what I'm going to say. If you like this show, please be sure to tell a friend and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or your favorite podcasting app. The resources for this week. Do you want to support me and your local bookstore at the same time? Of course you do. And you can get Mm -hmm. a freebie for yourself at the same time. If you pre-order my new book, Outer Order, Inner Calm, at your local bookstore, just snap a photo of your physical receipt to have it handy. And when I'm ready to release my pre-order bonus, um, when it's available in January, you will be able to get it. And so no matter where you pre-order, just save a copy of your receipt and you will be eligible for that. And I really want to thank all the people who have already pre-ordered. A lot of people pre-ordered even before I revealed my cover. Um, My cover, yes, now is revealed. That was a a huge milestone for me. Mm, Great Um, cover. But as I've said so many times, pre-orders really, really help a book. And so I so appreciate the people who just went ahead and pre-ordered. Also, we are entering up into the holiday season. I did a couple blog posts about gift guides because it's so much more fun to buy a gift when you have a good idea for a gift. And if you have additional ideas for gifts that you would suggest, add them in the comments because I think people use these as sort of repositories of ideas. Um, One is a gift guide for readers of all kind, and one is a gift guide um, of gifts suggested by Eliza and Eleanor. One is a sophomore in college and one's in eighth grade. And so I was like, what do you think are good ideas for gifts for people of your age? Mm. Um, So they suggested a a range of things for if you're buying for somebody in that age group. Until next week, I'm Elizabeth Kraft. And I'm Gretchen Rubin. Thanks for joining us. Onward and Upward. If you've ever been in the market for a new home, you know home shopping can be a lot. There's so much you don't know and so much you need to know. What are the neighborhoods like? What are the schools like? Who is the agent who knows the listing or neighborhood best? And why can't all this information just be in one place? Well, now it is on homes.com. They've got everything you need to know about the listing itself, but even better. They've got comprehensive neighborhood guides and detailed reports about local schools. And their agent directory helps you see the agent's current listings and sales history. Homes.com collaboration tools make it easier than ever to share all this information with your family. It's a whole cul-de-sac of home shopping information all at your fingertips. Homes.com. We've done your homework.